Well, good morning, each and every one. Glad to see all of you out this Lord's Day morning. It's a beautiful Sunday that God has blessed us with. And we have a good number of our regular members with us on this Lord's Day. And we have a few visitors, and we appreciate your presence in our worship assembly this morning. Hopefully everyone enjoyed an extra hour of rest as we returned to Eastern Standard Time last night. I always look forward to getting that hour back that we give up in the spring and uh, always enjoy that extra hour that's returned to us in the fall, and I hope you do too. This morning we want to... Uh, give our attention to a study of God's Word that's going to focus on our faith. We've been singing this morning songs that Ralph has chosen that emphasize our faith, our belief in God and His Son, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And in our song service today, it's been a, a celebration of our Christian faith that brings us together. The theme of our Bible lesson this morning is the fullness of faith. From beginning to end, this holy book, God's Word, the Bible, is all about living by faith. Hebrews chapter 11 gives us many fine examples of men and women who live faithfully for the Lord, and it encourages us to follow their wonderful example. The Apostle Paul, in writing to the church at Corinth, says in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, For we walk by faith, not by sight. Paul says to the churches of Galatians, chapter 3, verse 11, The just shall live by faith. It's our faith that brings us together today. I want to read to you from 1 John chapter 5, verses 4 and 5. For the Apostle John has something to say that's very important about our mutual faith that we share as God's children. In 1 John chapter 5, verse 4, the apostle tells us, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. And then he goes on to say in the next verse, Who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Faith in Jesus Christ as God's only begotten Son and the world's Savior is that fantastic victory that overcomes Satan, sin, death, hell, and this sinful, evil, wicked world in which we live. 
Victor Raymond Edmond, an American author and former president of Wheaton College in Illinois for 25 years, was very fond of saying, faith is dead to doubts, dumb to discouragements, blind to impossibilities. Faith makes the uplook good, the outlook bright, the inlook favorable, and the future, our future, glorious. This lesson, we're going to examine the fullness of our faith. Now, when we speak of fullness, we're talking about being filled as opposed to being partially full or empty. Some examples. Right here and now, is your stomach full, partially full, or empty? Be honest and be truthful. If it's empty, your stomach may growl before this service is over and everyone will know you're empty. But if you're like me, I'm full. Because this morning for breakfast, I enjoyed my Honey Nut Cheerios, topped off with a banana, a cup of coffee, and some orange juice. What about you? Your stomach, here in this worship assembly, full, partially full, or empty? Well, out there in the parking lot, what about your car's gas tank? Full, partially full, or empty? Maybe you're waiting for the price to go down before you get another fill up. I know I find myself always checking to see what the price of gas is and some days it's up, some days it's down. Sometimes I'm just running on fumes as I hold out for it to go down. And I'm always thinking, well, there's a 50-50 chance it'll go down. There's also a 50-50 chance it'll go up. And sometimes I end up paying more by waiting until tomorrow if I would have bought it today. Well, at home, where do you live? Think about your waste baskets around the house. Are they full, partially full, or are they empty? And I don't know about you, but why is it that our, our stomachs and our gas tanks seem to be running on empty most of the time, but the waste baskets around the house are usually full to running over? Well, Ellen could tell you why that's true at our house because I'm the guy who's responsible for emptying those waste baskets. And I like to get my money's worth out of those waste basket liners. <laughs> and they're not fancy, because what we use for liners in the small waste baskets are those little plastic bags that we bring home from Walmart and Myers. Now the larger waste basket we have to buy, but uh, we get freebies from Myers and Walmart for the smaller ones. Well, in a spiritual sense, we can determine the fullness of faith in our own lives. It is written of Stephen, the first Christian martyr, 
that he was a man full of faith. Acts chapter 6, verse 5. And I hope and pray that the same thing can be said about each and every one of us. There are three areas that aid us in measuring the fullness of our own personal faith. One, it is found in our love for God. Two, it is found in our obedience to God's word. And three, it is found in our fellowship with God. We're going to look briefly at each of these three areas in the time remaining for our lesson this morning. Let's think for a moment about the fullness of faith being found in our love for God. Loving God should saturate our heart, our soul, and mind like sparkling drops of water in the spongy wetlands of a tropical rainforest. Jesus has something important to say about the love that we should have for God. Over in Matthew chapter 22, verses 34 through 40, Jesus will share with us here a lesson about the importance of loving the Lord our God. Matthew tells us, beginning with verse 34, But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. Then one of them, a lawyer, asked Jesus a question, testing him and saying, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. In Mark 12, 31, Jesus goes on to add, there is none other commandment greater than these two. To love God with the totality of our being. And then to love our neighbor, our fellow man, as we love ourselves. The fullness of our faith is actually measured by our love for God, and this is measured by our love that we have for one another. Notice again in verse 39, Jesus teaches us to love our neighbor, to love others as we love ourselves. And this is an important part of demonstrating our love for the Lord God, our Heavenly Father. Therefore, we must learn to love the Lord more than Leo loved Lucy. Once Lucy asked Leo, Leo, do you love me enough to die for me? No, Leo boldly confessed, because mine is an undying kind of love. Oh, Leo, I tell you, that man has a way with words. Yet the Bible teaches us that we must love the Lord 
and love the Lord enough to die to self, live for him, and then love one another. We go back to 1 John. And this time we're going to be over in chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 through 17, John tells us what not to love. And then we'll take a look in chapter 3 of 1 John, and he'll tell us who we should love. But first of all, let's see what we're not to love. 1 John chapter 2, verses 15, 16, and 17. John says, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. So many people in this world are in love with the things of the world, especially the material, the physical, temporal things of the world. So much so that they make idols out of these things of the world. And they give their entire lives to accumulating and having the things of this world. Now God does bless us abundantly and beautifully with things for us to enjoy in our lives here on earth. But we must never ever put these things before God who gives them to us. If we do that, then we're guilty of the sin of idolatry. God, our Heavenly Father and Creator, must be first and foremost in the lives of his children. So John writes nearly 2,000 years ago, and he warns his fellow Christians about falling in love with things, things of the world. But then in the next chapter, we go over to chapter 3, verses 10 and 11. He tells us who we should love. He says, In this the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is he who does not love his brother. For this is the message that you heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. James chapter 2, verse 8. James teaches us that a godly love for others fulfills the royal law. What is the royal law? It's the law of love for God and for others. And the royal law of Holy Scripture is given to us by none other than the Prince of Peace the Lord of Lords, and the King of Kings. The fullness of faith is found in our love for God and how we 
demonstrate it by loving others. Secondly, fullness of faith is found in our obedience to God. Professing faith in God and love for him is just an empty, shallow sentiment unless we are believing and obeying his word in our lives. The Apostle John writes in 1 John 5, 3, For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. Jesus said in his Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 7, 21, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Doing God's will means being obedient to his word. And believing in Jesus Christ as God's Son and the world's Savior. And obeying the gospel of Christ is absolutely essential, totally necessary to loving, believing, and obeying our great God. Think about what Jesus said in John 14, 6. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Any religion that rejects Jesus as the Son of God and Savior of sinful humanity does not lead to heaven. Only the way, the truth, and the life of the Lord Jesus Christ leads us to God and a home in heaven. Jesus says in the same chapter, John 14, now verse 23, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. If we want the presence and the peace of God in our lives, then we must believe and obey the gospel of God's Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. The Hebrew author says in chapter 5, verse 9, And being made perfect, Jesus became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. Yes, there's faith, and that's what we're emphasizing this morning. But the demonstration of our faith is our obedience the God's word and the gospel of his son, Jesus Christ, our Savior. The fullness of our faith is measured by our obedience to the Lord's gospel commands found throughout the New Testament of Christ. Jesus teaches us to repent of our sins, confess his name publicly before others, be baptized for the remission of our sins, these are clearly taught and commanded by Christ and his apostles in the New Testament. 
then as a penitent, baptized believer, we live the Christian life with God's blessing and help of the Holy Spirit. And in doing so, we support the worship and work of the church, just like the Lord teaches us to do. That thrills my heart to see Christians who are older, senior citizens, in your 70s, 80s, some even in their 90s, still faithfully worshiping and serving the Lord with their lives. Ellen and I worship with the Coldwater Church of Christ up in Michigan, just north of the Michigan-Indiana border. And there's a fellow there named Ben Sherfield, retired minister. He's in his 90s, and he's still getting up every Sunday morning. Wednesday night for Bible study, he's usually there. He's wearing hearing aids. Vision isn't as good as it once was, but he's still doing what he can do to show whose side he's on and still declaring his faith in God, Jesus Christ, his Savior. And whenever I see and encounter Christian brothers and sisters like that in their 70s, 80s, and even 90s, I just say, oh, Lord, help me to be like that when I get to be an old-timer. Okay, so you know I'm in my middle 70s. <laughs> and I want to encourage all the young people here. And to me, anyone under the age of 70 is youthful. You just commit your life to Jesus Christ and dedicate yourself to living for him as a faithful disciple and you will never, ever regret doing so. Bonus of faith. Bonus of faith is found in loving the Lord. Bonus of faith is found in obedience to the Lord. And then fullness of faith is found in our fellowship with God the Father, Christ the Son, the Holy Spirit, our comforter and guide, and of course, the Lord's Church. Christian fellowship is a pretty picture of family, friendship, team spirit, camaraderie, unity, and togetherness. And it's beautifully described for us by John in 1 John chapter 1. 1 John chapter 1, beginning with verse 3, the apostle says, That which we have seen and heard we declare unto you, that you also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. These things we write to you that your joy may be full. This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, 
We have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Anyone who comes to Jesus Christ and lives for him enjoys divine fellowship with a host of heaven and the saved here on earth. Notice again verse 4. John says that he's writing these things to his fellow Christians that their joy may be full. And we're going to compare that with what Jesus said in John 15 verses 9, 10, and 11. Jesus said, as the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. Are you full of joy this morning? There is fullness of faith. There's fullness of love. There's fullness of fellowship. And there's fullness of joy when we are in love with the Lord and his church. And then do our best with God's help and blessing to live faithfully the Christian life. The fullness of faith, it steadily, gradually, but steadily grows over time. And it's greatly increased through our worship, through our Bible study, through our prayer life, through the service that we render unto the Lord and through our Christian fellowship with the Lord and with his people. In closing, I want to illustrate different degrees of fellowship with a personal example. 29 years ago, in September of 1994, Ellen and I were uh, greatly and beautifully blessed by God when we went to Hawaii for our silver wedding anniversary 29 years ago. On that trip, Ellen and I had various degrees of fellowship with the Pacific Ocean. You know where Hawaii is. <laughs> it's not on the mainland. It's not even close. Rick and Annette recently made a visit out there. On that trip, I'll describe our degrees of fellowship with the Pacific Ocean. We flew over it in an airplane. We rode on it in a boat. We even went below it in a submarine. And we walked along its beautiful beaches. It's been a great week out there celebrating our 25th wedding anniversary, many fond memories of that trip. But our closest and most intimate fellowship with the Pacific Ocean came when we were swimming in it. 
Ah, we got off the beach, Waikiki Beach, got right into that ocean, did a little bit of swimming. That was our closest and most intimate fellowship with that beautiful blue body of water. And so when it comes to fellowship, the fellowship of faith with the Lord and with his church, let us as Christians be swimming in it. That's when we'll enjoy it to the fullest and we'll find all of the joy and the happiness and the beauty that it can give to us. Truly, as the Apostle John taught in 1 John 5, 4, faith is that victory that overcomes the world. And there are tangible ways in which we can measure the fullness of our faith, and we've seen just a few of them this morning. And our love for the Lord our God and his people, we see it in that. We see the fullness of our faith and our obedience to God's word and the gospel of his son, Jesus Christ. We see it in that. And we see it in our fellowship with God and with one another as brothers and sisters in Christ. May we always remember that the fullness of faith leads us ever onward and upward to our everlasting home in heaven.